What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Martin, with Intuitive Minds Podcast. And today's guest, we have Tamara Simmons, Director of Operations at Sal & Co. Management. How are you doing today, Tamara? Hi, I'm doing very, very well. How are you? Good, good. Hanging in there one day at a time. Just, you know, yes. as, as COVID eases off, you know, people are starting to ease off. So can't wait yep. to be back out there again, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. How are you handling? How's it, how's it going for you, this COVID and everything? I would have to say I'm I'm such an introvert and so like mm-hmm. I'm not super social. So um, it didn't affect my personal well-being too much because typically I like to just like work and uh, go home. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, different to just work from home. But it was comfortable. You know, I was able to make sure that I was taking advantage of the time and creating like great habits for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and doing it all in sweats too no need to change for work or anything. yeah it's like sweats yoga pants you know mm-hmm. and it's very comfortable plus like at work we usually wear like sweatpants tracksuits hoodies oh, anyway okay. so <laughs> yeah we pretty much are very very comfortable with our work environment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah yes. so, now, do, do you miss going back to the office at, at point of time was there like a moment you were like you know what i need to go back to the office um The thing is, is that since like November, I've been back in the office because the way we are structured, we have a few different offices. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have an office in Beverly Hills at the Live Nation building, but uh, that obviously was closed due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, But Sal does have a private office in Encino. So um, it's mainly just like him and like maybe two or three other people. So it definitely feels very productive to sit by his side to get things done. Mm -hmm. Just because like, even during a pandemic, we've been so busy. So I do enjoy, you know, getting up, taking that drive, going to the office. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we do wear masks and things like that. And, you know, just kind of still being around people, being social, being, you know, in the whirlwind of it all. So Mm -hmm. um, that has been very, you know, helpful during the pandemic, just that, you know, he has a private office that we're able to operate out of. Mm-hmm. which is which is a, a beautiful thing and i mean obviously when i was looking over like your career wise you i can tell that you're constantly busy so it's like there's so yeah. i I just want to pre- i appreciate you taking the time to be on this podcast because when i was looking over i was like wow how does this girl even have time to talk to me like she seems super <laughs> busy like i was like wow okay but uh yeah but who is tamara simmons break that down where's she from growing up and everything Um, well, right now I'm 33. I'll be 34 this year. Um, Mm -hmm. originally from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm just very ambitious, you know, I'm very imaginative and I kind of feel like with God, I manifested, you know, a lot of things that I wanted. Um, always just been a lover of music, a lover of, um, the entertainment industry since I was very young Mm -hmm. and went to five towns college for music business that, you know, I realized that this is what I wanted to do. And I was blessed enough to find a college that offered me the education for it, which was, uh, artist management, music concerts Mm -hmm. and promotion, uh, marketing, royalties, licenses, publishing. So I took all of these courses in college to really educate myself about the music industry. And from while I was in college, I was also blessed with an opportunity to be an intern at Def Jam. Um, Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, the beautiful thing people think it is, you know, at the time it was handing out flyers. That's when TRL was out and just Mm -hmm. going to 106 and park and, you know, happened to go to the clubs late at night. And, you know, you had like these throw flyers and, you know, you just kind of promote it that way. So while I was in school learning about music business after school, I would go to Def Jam and really, really learn uh, about it hands on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I put in those 10,000 hours of, you know, learning it in school. And then, okay. So it was really consumed my life for, you know, over four years of, from waking up, taking that commute to school to Mm -hmm. until late at night, being at Def Jam until eight, nine o'clock at night. Like I, every day I was committed to learning as much as I could about Mm -hmm. um, the music business. Mm -hmm. And we're talking 15 plus years here, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a long journey for, for you. So Yeah, it's been. And then people don't understand, like when you're that dedicated and you intern for free, that's four years of going to a building as if you work there. So they're giving you a paycheck Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're there every day and you're doing things from doing people's expenses, going to get people's lunch, doing personal things that they may need done. 
Um, and you're just sitting there waiting for a task to be given. And it, and a lot of times they're just not pretty. And for four years to do that, most people don't do regular jobs for that long, you know? So mm -hmm. it was definitely years of commitment. And I just looked at it as valuable as money or if not more, because I was able to get a lot of contacts that I still have till this day in those mm -hmm. relationships. Mm -hmm. I was able to get free information, you know, of yeah. just like how to do things right, you know, mm -hmm. learning. It was, it was like school for musicians, yeah, exactly. but hands, mm -hmm. you know, I got to Sharks. see, yeah, I got to see the actual marketing plans and ideas go mm -hmm. into the world from, you know, these group meetings or focus groups or things like that. So it was a lot of value in that. And I just want people to understand that, those internships have value you just have to change how you look at it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well what moment did you realize because you mentioned like uh, you realized that this is what i want to do with my life what moment was that okay um uh, I, I know everything about my life so um <laughs> i have a mentor her name is erica ford she's the founder and uh, ceo of life camp inc um i was a troubled youth um i was i used to get in trouble and things like that and i met erica um, she actually got me out of jail one time at a police oh, prison. It's okay. the first time I met her. Um, she, she came to jail to get me out. And, you know, she really took uh, me under her wing, like as her mm -hmm. child. And I, and she was also on the board or like the youth board of the Source magazine. And um, they had the Source Awards. And I remember it was 2004, 2003. She took me with her to the Source Awards. And mm -hmm. I remember just like being in the midst of it. And um, I remember just, you know, seeing the red carpet and I was helping this PR lady at the time. And she was like, walk a little scrappy down the red carpet. I was like, I don't know what that means. And <laughs> so she was like, little Kim needs double-sided duct tape. And I'm like, I'm at this arena. I don't know where to find double-sided duct tape, mm -hmm. but I found it. And it was just that rush of, you know, being in the midst of it all and, you know, at the award show. And so I was 16, 17 at the time I was a junior mm -hmm. in high school. And so mm -hmm. when I came back from that trip, I spoke to my guidance counselor and I was like, I know what I want to do. I want to work in music business because I also had had dinner with a lady and she was telling me, her name is Tracy Wynn. She mm -hmm. was telling me, you know, about what she does and you know just really just sat down with me and gave me you know the ins and outs of it and I was like wow like this is what I want to do and when you're like 16 17 yeah. you know you're starting to think of college and like mm -hmm. actual career choices mm -hmm. and this was the one that I was like okay this is what I want to do and so that's when I found the school to help me you know get the education that I needed to work in the music business but it was definitely that experience and and how I felt in that experience it just felt like home it just felt like purpose to me blessing that is an ultimate blessing too wow. yes that is that yes. is that is yeah that's crazy and that was your school pretty much just here we go the entertainment industry yeah a lot of people get thrown in like that because I remember I had to get thrown in like that as well. Like I didn't really go to school for photography or podcasting right. or anything. I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Let me just try this. And then my yeah. first gig that I was ever nervous about, but I was like, you know what? I got to do this was Summer Jam. And it was, wow. like, <laughs> you know, it's like 10 hours straight. And I was yeah. like, yo, what do I do? Like, how do I? Because I worked with Jen from BK. She worked there and I was documenting her behind the scenes. She was covering backstage. She was covering mm -hmm. and like, full on eight hours as I was like and it's one camera it's just me with the camera and I ended up losing my tripod during, wow yeah so it was a that's and, scary <laughs> but the, yeah but the whole time I was completely like nervous but at the end it was like the video apparently came out splendid and I got to meet with people like I got to connect with so many different people because you know summer jam is different artists different managers different yeah you know and, entourages mm -hmm. it's, it's a group of people mm-hmm and it's it was like yo this is what it's like to get thrown in with the sharks and not yeah. knowing and i only had i remember i only had one battery to work with and this is when i first started doing photography i didn't know oh. anything like one battery one lens everything was one really? so every shot had to be calculated because of the certain lens i had and i was like yo like i got to do better yeah you always got to have like those backup batteries charged mm -hmm. and then extra um what is it like memory cards so that yep. way you can immediately dump everything mm -hmm. and, and start and send it to someone they're editing it and organizing yep. while you're still shooting yeah it's mm -hmm. definitely a learning and, and a growth thing especially now people want things fast you know yeah 
Yeah, and like people, yeah. I, the lady, the girl at Jen, Jen was like, "Do you have, does your camera have Wi-Fi?" I was like, "No, right. I don't have Wi-Fi." <laughs> I was like, "All right, you know what? Yeah. Let me just save at least two grand. Let me save at least two grand. Let me get a nice Canon with a Wi-Fi built in. Let me get some live mics. Let me get some lights. Let me get a battery pack, and I just load it for the next like." event i was like i'm ready to go like let's yeah do it was def- probably like a definitely like a learning thing because you want to people people want to take their photo and post mm-hmm. it in two seconds you gotta mm-hmm. edit it on your phone and then just like send it to them immediately because mm-hmm. yeah, if you don't someone is there and you know they may not be better at it but they're more efficient at it and so mm-hmm. you know sometimes people just would choose efficiency over quality. I did, but I you know what? You know who's just great at being aggressive in a kind and loving way? Johnny Nunez. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Giant. Johnny will walk up. Hey, what's up? Oh, let me get a picture. You said savvy. We'll get grabbed to people. Hey, you mm-hmm. should meet this person. You should meet that person. Okay, mm-hmm. get a photo. Okay. You, you know, wait, stay right there. Somebody else coming. He's great at orchestrating yeah. the yeah. photos that he needs. And, mm-hmm. and people just love him because he's very friendly and approachable. He doesn't come mm-hmm. off as like paparazzi. He comes no, off yeah. like a great friend that just wants to capture the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And definitely, def- he's definitely one of the photographers I've met a few times and I've seen at events. And yeah, you're right. He's just boom, 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 left and right, left and right. And then sometimes he would ask other photographers like, yo, do you mind capturing that zone over there really quick? And then I'll give yeah. you the credit for the photo. Right. All he's right, great. Cool. He, he, people love him. He, he, mm-hmm. He's great. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, but again, those are the teachers, you know what I mean? That's your school. If you didn't go to school, those are the teachers that yeah. helped me, that helped me ease off is that helped. He helped me realize working in the room as a photographer can be really easy, but at the same time, it could be hard. So what I decided to do is, okay, let me show up first to every mm-hmm. event. I want to be the first person there. If the event yeah. starts at eight, I'm going to be there at six 30, just yeah. so I can be there at the door and greet everybody so that when everybody's in the room, I'm comfortable. And I'm like, okay. And then you get your B-roll shots. You get your environment mm-hmm. shots. You can get mm-hmm. the flowers, the bar, you know, mm-hmm. your product placement, things like that before, you know, it gets too crowded. So you can mm-hmm. really, you know, expand your, your, your photography, exactly. um, the photos that you have, you know, mm-hmm. by showing like, look, I, I have, I'm very, I have environment shots. I have crowd shots. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, all these different things. Mm-hmm. you prioritize them like for example yep. i'll do like 30 minutes i'll do like photos and then five minute video and then sometimes it's a moment but sometimes videos that are photos or like photos that are like videos are like you miss out like that shouldn't have been a vi- photo that should have been a video instead mm-hmm. you gotta just have that wisdom to know mm-hmm. like when to when to you know switch it up and and capture kind of both at the same time yeah. nowadays people will have photographers and videographers so mm-hmm. to do both is definitely a task yeah and, and with and one battery <laughs> with, with one, one battery. battery again which goes back to what you did you know what i mean like that, going back to what you did yeah you completely just like that's an amazing thing it's like at 16 here you go you want this shot this is what it's like right. Take it, leave it and then you just took that and ran with the bulls and you know but everything like Every opportunity doesn't always look like an opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. you have to see that you have to have the wisdom to see the opportunity and things that, you know, may not look like it. Um, you, you know, so at the time when you're in college and you're 18 years old and you're going to this building every day, they give you like Metro card and pizza. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, you're not the executive with the high end bag and the nice car. You're the college, the poor college student, you know, mm-hmm. and you and you're so dedicated. You you know, you, you you just have to see the opportunity. You have to see like, OK, this person is making this mistake. OK, I'm not going to do that. You know, you have to see see it from a different lens you know you have Mm -hmm. to be like okay one day you know because if they're going to hire somebody they're going to hire me because I've been in the building I know the system I know everyone I know how it works so you have to you know you'll get that better opportunity than someone else just kind of coming in you know Mm -hmm. just patience yeah it's all it is it's patience and learning persistence with patience you gotta you gotta be able to equal those out because like you said everybody wants their photos right there and then because social media the way internet is working it's like yeah people need that photos right now that's why the first thing was like do you does your camera have wi-fi shit okay and then and then also just like having a laptop like if you have a desktop and you're like Mm -hmm. oh well yeah i have to go home and then i have to sit Uh, at my computer and do it and it's just like no like it's just it's such a norm now for people to have like so many tablets you know like um 
uh, laptops or you have mm-hmm. an iPad or you have, yeah. you know, you just have to be mobile wherever you are to work. I remember sometimes mm-hmm. when I used to work, I used to have a mini printer in my book bag, you know, because <laughs> nice. if you're doing something and you, and I would have like hot spots, you know, the little devices just on me so that way, okay, cool. We're somewhere. Okay. You need to print something. And, you know, you would just have like this little mobile printer that didn't need, that was charged by, you know, you plug it in and you have, so it has an extra battery. You don't have to plug it in. I can be mm-hmm. in the middle of anywhere and I can just print something mm-hmm. that I need printed. You know, because you, sometimes you can't wait. You, oh, let me stop. Let me go find a printer. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's it can be tricky. You just got to learn the game and learn the yeah. surroundings around it. It's very tricky. But now you began in the industry in 2005, you know, as an executive assistant at Dev Jam Recordings, uh, you know, for four years. As, as the first glimpse when you entered that world, what stood out to you the most dealing with like day-to-day operations and A-list artists and stuff like that? Um, okay. At Def Jam, what stood out to me as an intern was an, an executive assistant because I, I worked there too. Another thing too, when I worked, I still was, went to college because mm-hmm. I did get an opportunity to work there as an executive assistant to uh, someone in the marketing department, but I it wasn't worth me quitting school early. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, I will take the position, but I still go to school two days a week. So I will be here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then we can have someone else come Tuesday, Thursday, but I'm not quitting school to do this job. Mm-hmm. So um, that was just one another thing that I wanted to add. But the thing that stood out to me was just understanding it takes a team. You know, mm-hmm. so many departments, so many regional reps, you know, you have international team, like when you release a record and you know, there's a video department, there's a creative, there's consultants, there's, you know, the marketing, there's the PR, there's the legal. It definitely was like two different floors. And so Mm -hmm. to see the amount of people that it takes to properly put a release together, you know, it was like, you know, you don't see that on the front end. You don't see it when you see the music video. You don't see it when, you know, you have the CD come out or you hear the song on the radio of, Mm -hmm. of the things that it takes. And the, the brain trust meetings of, uh, you know, being in Ellie Reed's office while he's getting the opinions. And for some reason, I was always allowed in those rooms mm-hmm. as an intern when he's like, okay, Neil's next single, we're going to play two different songs. And I want everyone's opinion, you know, to really understand mm-hmm. how decisions are made and formulated by, you know, a group of people. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's not one person, you know, typically making the decision. You have the A&R department, but yeah. ultimately like the marketing department has a say also because they have to market it. You know, the sales department has a say, the the branding department. And so it's definitely a meeting of the minds when um, these uh, releases happen. Now, let's go back because I'm, I'm all over the place, but let's go back a little bit. Now, growing up in Brooklyn, inspiration wise music wise and or people or movies who were some of your inspirations growing up um jay-z nice jay-z because um because you know initially initially it's like that brooklyn tie but then you just kind of see how it was like rap music but it was like on a big level you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like underground, you know, I could, I could take some influence from my mom and like maybe the things she listened to. But for mm-hmm. me, it was like, like, this was music. This was hip hop. You had like mm-hmm. hard knock life and you had dirt on your shoulders and you had mm-hmm. big pimping and it was just completely like lyrically rap, but it was still great music, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. that was a great inspiration to me, um, growing up, but I, I, and then just everything he did outside of, uh, Music. Rockefeller you know mm-hmm. he had the, yeah. the clothing brand and then you had the and and the one thing that I did watch even before I was this is the speed that was planted in my head I think mm-hmm. maybe when I was like 13 or 14 I used to watch this movie called Backstage yeah and right. I it was a documentary of the Hard Knock Life tour mm-hmm. and I remember I was like leaving junior high school going into high school it was like that summer and I kid you not, no exaggeration. I had it on VHS and I used to put it in the VHS and I would watch it every single night before I went to sleep. Then I got to the point where I would write down the people's names and their positions, right? Okay. So I remember at a at a very, very young age, even before the trip to the Source Awards, I think that that's what <laughs> yes. actually helped me too. I used to write 
Tata, road manager. And I was like, mm. what does a road manager do? You know, he looks like he's having mm. the sun. So I would, uh, okay, the manager, the security. And, and that also gave me a glimpse of like being on tour and that I was like, this looks like fun. And so mm-hmm. they get to travel the world, they're performing, they're doing music. And so um, that was something that inspired me to, you know, just, just, it just kept that, it was a seed, you know, and then eventually that seed just, just grew, but you have things like the culture in New York, you have hot 97, you have, yep. mm-hmm. you know, I don't even think power 105 was really a thing, you know, you no, not at that and, time, you know, hot yeah, you wake up yeah. in the morning and it was like Ed Lover and Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. like, not, I don't know if it was Dr. Dre, it was Ed Lover and someone else. I can't remember the name. And, you know, you wake up in the morning, you go to school. That was, a, that was this, that was the first thing I listened to, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. have cartoons on when I went to school. It was like, you know, it was like roll call and, you know, like my mom. Angie Martinez. Yeah. And all of right, that. Angie Martinez. And so it was like all of that. So I woke up going to school from a very young age with just listening to music in the morning on the radio. You know, they would do pranks or call people or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. the morning show. So mm-hmm. that was how I started my day. I remember young and and this is another thing I'm just like started thinking of all these things I used to go to the library and I used to print lyrics out so I never oh, went to yes. the library to work this is before people have uh computers and stuff so mm-hmm. I used to love music but I always wanted to know what they were saying and you know I just didn't want it to be gibberish the first song I memorized was P. Diddy I'll be missing you I remember I was like in fifth grade or something nice. and so you know, like, cause you, you don't have a radio wherever you go. So I had to try to like, kind of have it in my head and know the lyrics. So like, I could just like ha- be like a walking jukebox. <laughs> so yeah. um, I would just like, just growing up to, to answer your question, I was just a culture. I would like be in school, you know, you'd bang on the lunch tables to the grind and beat with push your tea. Oh, and, yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you would do that. And after school, I would just go and I said, have stacks and stacks of papers of lyrics and I used to just listen to music and read the lyrics and I formulated a way to memorize every single lyric so like my friends till this day will be like that's like you probably haven't heard that song in like 15 20 how do you know lyric word for word and I've just it's just something I've learned so Mm -hmm. um growing up you know music was very hip-hop was very very prominent and that was my surroundings. You go outside, someone's, you know, blasting music in their car or a block party or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then they had record stores where you would have artists come and do meet and greets. And so that was in an, or if you're at a party when you're young, you want to dance or like mm-hmm. music was everything to me at such a young age. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I remember you mentioned grinding and I'm, I live, I'm from the DMV area and I went to middle yeah. school and high school here. So the lunch tables were always, <laughs> always doom. It was just yeah. <laughs> it's like all right, who then, freestyle. It's like oh right. Oh, that's exactly what lunch is. People didn't go to lunch to have lunch. Yeah, you go to lunch, yeah. and it wasn't like you had a speaker or you had mm-hmm. a phone with music. You just had to like boom, 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 boom. and whoever like yeah. made the hot beats, and you freestyle or you you know you dance or whatever it is, and you just kind of had to have the music in you. Mm-hmm. it was it was i mean and then people would think they were rappers but they weren't like i would hear people say like i would shoot you with a knife and stab you with a gun it's like yeah <laughs> wait 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 we gotta relax there yeah you, you gotta <laughs> but it's th- those are fun times now do you do you have because yeah. jay-z is actually my top five mc next to like nas mm-hmm. guru big pun and jadakiss and all of that so do you have a specific lyric that you b- go with jay-z for example for me it's what you don't know will make your home a permanent urn. That's my favorite line from him. Do you have like a specific wow. line? Yeah. Um. Uh, not off the top of the head that I can think of. It's just, you know, it. I they come to me when the when the situation is there, uh, right? Yep. Like it's mm-hmm. just kind of like those reminders. It's like, you know, um. I got rich and gave back to the hood. That's the win-win, you know, like certain mm-hmm. things like that to me in my, in my things, or, you know, just reminds me of like, like you, you don't have to, like the goal isn't to stay in the toxic environment. The goal is yeah. to get out of the toxic environment. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 
and how can I help the poor if I'm one of them? I think that that's what it was. I How can I help the poor if I'm one of them? And I got rich and gave back to me. That's the win-win, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, things like that stand out to me. But my favorite song is Lucky Me. I actually have it tattooed on me. Um, nice. You know, because during my time on the rise of, you know, working at Def Jam, working at Def Jam and just pursuing my dream, you know, you get distant from... a a lot of things and a lot of things being your environment, you know? Mm -hmm. So then you kind of have maybe some friends or family members or whatever. That's like, Oh, like, you know, you're, and this is when Def Jam was at its prime, you know, this is like Def Jam as a collective, the roster, Jay-Z was Mm -hmm. the president at Mm -hmm. the time, you know? So Mm -hmm. going through those, those, that journey of climbing that ladder you know, it's hard, you know, you're going to school, commuting two hours, you're Mm -hmm. at this label, you're not getting paid and people see you in the building, but they don't know you're in there, like doing expenses, you know, exactly. you know, and, and the time that you're taking away from going to hang out, you know, or whatever the case is, there's a sacrifice. And that song really spoke to me in terms of, you only know what you see. You don't understand what it takes mm-hmm. to be me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, that was just the sentiments I had at that time where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm really doing this. It's not fun. Like there's, there, this involves sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Sad. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of uh, lyrics that people, he, he said it himself. He's like, I had to dumb down certain things so that people could understand me because there were certain yeah. lyrics that he said in 96 that he had to repeat in like the 2000s again yeah. so that people can kind of resonate with it. Yeah. It's, it's, so yeah, you kind of have to pick it up, but it's also that that's everything about it is, is like the swagginess, the, you know, this, yeah, these, how? These jeans, yeah. yeah the, the jeans are 300, th- the jeans are 300, you know what I mean? 300 yeah. plus mil later. Now you understand us. Like that mentality, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. that mentality is a very, very, rich mentality i had the pleasure of interviewing jazzo who was jay-z's mentor and he was telling me he's like yeah that's how jay processes everything like we were talking off air he's like that's how jay processes things it's like everything is like 10 steps ahead but every move it's like you don't know it's like um i call it a third i call it a uh, vertical chess that's what Mm -hmm. i call that's what i call jay-z's moves i feel like they're vertical chess so yeah and that's what i was saying like lyrically there's so much like content and, and mm-hmm. just like lyricism in the lyrics like in the verses mm-hmm. you know but he's able to add you know like the the the, the production and the hooks or whatever it is yeah. it's like it's kind of like you take the medicine but you know you hide it in you know the mashed potatoes or whatever you know like mm-hmm. it's there but mm-hmm. you know he can't give it to you straight because sometimes people can't understand it so that's kind of how I especially like at a very young age as a young female, just being able to love rap, you know, and not yeah. so much just like super R&B, but I like mm-hmm. rap. I like to spit rap. I love DMX. I love fast rap. I, you know, I just wanted to, I was just like a female jukebox. So I was just, mm-hmm. I just loved rap and, and the lyrics of it. And so, so I'm assuming that, that definitely... I'm assuming you've seen a lot of hip hop documentaries like Beef One, Beef Two, Beef Three. I'm assuming you've seen a lot of. No, I haven't seen a lot of that because um, I used to see watch like a lot of ba- battle rap, and so. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, so I just love just how it's just poetry to me. You know, I mm-hmm. love poetry at at a very young age in school. You know, you take literature and you know, and so it, to it, it, it's poetry and. And so, yeah, that's why I think I, I love rapping and just music so much because, you know, it's it's a it's a great way of saying just how you feel and, mm-hmm. and speaking your mind. It's great mm-hmm. speech and it's formulated in a way like if Jay-Z just, you know, did podcasts and just said how he felt, it wouldn't be received the same yeah. versus him doing music, putting it into poetry and adding mm-hmm. sound behind it. Mm-hmm. Well, everything that he responds to is through music. He does not go to interviews and respond back. It's like, right. Okay, this is my response. Okay, okay, I'm a 14 year drug dealer. Da, da, da. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to you on Drug Dealers Anonymous. Then, there you yeah. go. Uh, you know what the I mean? best the best artists don't do interviews. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Little Wayne doesn't do a lot of interviews. The Weeknd mm-hmm. doesn't do um, interviews really because they're like everything you need to know is in my music. Yeah, 
You know, yeah. I'm not clarifying anything. I'm not breaking down anything. I'm not, you know, going back to say you, you, you have like, even like Drake now, I don't see a lot of interviews from Drake. Yeah, I days, feel like that. You know? I feel like that comes as, as the artist grows. Because yeah. Jay, Jay used to be in a lot of interviews, though, but that was like back, back, back in the yeah. day. But that's because you have now to put it's like I'm not explaining myself to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just like you see what I'm doing. You see me in the news. I got people on. the. I don't even have to like one photo of, of Jay-Z circulates on Instagram. You will see that photo all day long. Yeah. He doesn't have to make too much of nope. an interview mm -hmm. or a story because, you know, certain artists, you just get to the point where you're bigger than the platform. You're bigger mm -hmm. than the news outlet like back in the day you know you had to have your story told through these things because the artist you didn't have the platform vibe mm -hmm. magazine had the platform the source magazine you know essence magazine the magazines and the tv shows had the platform mm -hmm. but you know someone some of these artists have hundreds of millions of followers they are the mm -hmm. new platform mm -hmm. you know they're they have their own social reach and so you know certain artists you don't have to give something to rolling stone or billboard or complex as mm -hmm. an exclusive or have them break it you mm -hmm. have more followers than them you have a bigger reach than them you can just mm -hmm. one tweet one instagram post one swipe up you know and mm -hmm. it, it goes to the masses and then they pick it up they follow your lead they follow you know how you want to break it and how you want it to hit to the world. And mm -hmm. so we're definitely in a different era. Mm -hmm. And I, I like how Beyonce has that approach of like, I'm going to post all day for one day. I'm going to leave it alone for a couple of weeks or months and come back, post some more for yeah. that one day and then leave. And then it's like gradually do it. And it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's and quick. anything that you do do in terms of like publications, you know, you want to make it a real statement. You know, you want mm -hmm. the photography, you want the subject matter, you want, you know, you want to deliver it as a statement piece. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of artists, um, you know, I think certain level artists are very selective of what they do and how they do it in mm -hmm. terms of like publications, because they know that they, they have just as much value as these publications mm -hmm. now yeah. based based on your favorite character whether it's from a movie or from from music or who do you think you resemble the most out of in the character that's like your favorite or whatever out of any character there is a character like physically physically wise or like like character wise like whether it's like uh personality wise who do you think you come close to um you know who i always think for their personality in film like I could be me is Shaka Pilgrim <laughs> nice so Shaka because you know what it is like Shaka she's great at what she does but mm -hmm. she also speaks her mind mm -hmm. she's very honest she's you know she can be funny she's from Brooklyn and I feel like she's always been true to who she is you know um and I feel like you know I love that she still like has a very close circle of like her friends and and um and also sherry because mm -hmm. sherry bryant because you know it's just nice. the new yorker and i feel yeah. like sherry i used to actually be sherry's assistant at def jam nice. um yeah so i kind of went up to the marketing department and for like I, the last two years of me being at def jam i was working uh with sherry and so you know sherry's the same thing because i feel like she has a rooted foundation um she's one of the few people that were always that was always just nice to me at Def Jam like sometimes mm -hmm. you run into like girls clubs and you know sometimes women can be catty you know they or snobby um mm -hmm. but Sherry was just um always nice always kind always in a place of teaching um and you know just her foundation I always just appreciated her love for her family um, her love for her friends, um, her, her, her faith, you know, Sherry would always go to church on Sundays, how she carried herself, um, just from like her appearance to how she wear her nails. She, she always had like short nails, you know? Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. um, and just like who she was as a person and she was young. And I feel like at Def Jam, she was also like, I believe Tracy Wavell's assistant. And as she was growing into 
her own clients and being a project manager at Def Jam. I know she had previously did it at Rockefeller. Um, <clears throat> but just knowing like she was just going to put her head down, do the work and, you know, and, and she got what she deserves, you know, and, and just like really, really worked hard. So mm -hmm. for me, that was an example of like, okay, because I remember when Sherry had a desk, you know, outside of Tracy's office and then Sherry eventually got her own office, you know, and then mm -hmm. kind of like mm -hmm. I had like a little desk outside of her office. So, you know, it just showed me like the growth and, you know, you don't have to be mean. You don't have to be petty. You don't have to be catty. Yeah. You know, you, mm -hmm. you could just, you know, she had a passion for the artist she worked with and she did the work and, you know, it, and she focused on herself, you know, it wasn't about like, Oh, let me buddy up with this person. No, it was like, I'm going to do my work. I'm going to stand on my own. This right. is my artist, you know, and she really stuck up for herself a lot of times and I saw it. So, you know, that was mm -hmm. very inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. And I definitely try to um, carry those characteristics that I've learned from Shaka and Sherry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Shaka and Sh Sherry and Shaka. Yeah. Definitely pioneers yeah. in the game. They're definitely, definitely pioneers in the game. They've been yeah. doing it for, for a while. I mean, those, if you, if you get a chance, if you get a chance to work with them, it's like, you've got yourself a nice team, team, team right there to work with. And you can learn yeah. so much within that span that day you can learn so much based on what i've heard yeah. from, from people in the industry is like that's good people right there all around and i'm blessed to still you know work with sherry in some way because you know we have a client at uh rock nation which is belly and so i still mm -hmm. you know see how she as the co-president of rock nation how she still you know is dedicated to the artists and mm -hmm. strategy and marketing and thinking outside of the box you know um, I'm so happy for her accomplishments and where she is right now. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, she didn't, she, she doesn't get comfortable. She's still like, just not comfortable, like on the co-president. No, she's very much involved, um, on the day-to-day -day things yep. with, you know, mm -hmm. the artists. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the beautiful thing. If you're, and that's a good thing she has. It's like, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm doing my work and good things are coming out of it. So sometimes that works for a person, uncomfortability. Right. Which is a great thing. And uh, you mentioned Belly. Belly, to me, reminds me of Big Pun. I uh, love Belly. Love Belly. Is, uh, <laughs> my top, when it comes to modern rap MCs, he's my top five. Like, he's up Absolutely. There. There's he's, things that Belly said years ago, people still haven't understood what it is. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. he, um, he, like, even, like, when you look at Belly's LA's Leakers freestyle, like, you really have to sit with it for some time to break down all of the bars and punchlines mm -hmm. that he said in, in that freestyle. Um, so, you know, he definitely, and just in his music, like, I'm such a fan of Belly, just how yeah. his new music is just so amazing, how he's able to, you know, same thing like rap, but still have that talent to have it in song form sometimes or just like the melt like belly's music just makes you move you know like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's so like graceful um and and i i just can't wait for this new music to drop yeah i mean one of my favorite songs from him is alcatara oh with Pusha t yeah oh my lord yeah oh my lord and then there's like the whole like that whole album is uh is, is mumble rap there's like it's great because then he can do things like um consuelo right i think mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so consuelo is just like a fun song he's speaking spanish and the video is even funnier and you know people get to really see just diversity in artists like sometimes it doesn't have to be that serious you can be playful he dressed up like a uh, I forgot the, the movie, but, um, you know, Belly's super creative with his treatments, yeah. with his shows. His shows mm -hmm. are amazing. He has great energy. Um, you know, he gives it all he has. You know, I toured with Belly in Europe and he performed on like a fracture foot every night. And he just he just did it. And we would mm -hmm. ice his leg afterwards and you would never tell that he was in so much pain um be, because of the performance he would just snap and just go into a different world yeah. and afterwards he would recover but you know his strength is definitely unmatched mm -hmm. and the energy of the crowd obviously helped him as well because being in front of that crowd and that energy probably was like you know what I could yeah do. but belly has that energy where it's mm -hmm. like 
I don't care if it's one person or a hundred people, like mm-hmm. I'm having fun. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to turn up. And that's just professionalism as an artist. Yep. You know, you mm-hmm. shouldn't let the crowd dictate your energy. They're there to see you perform. Mm-hmm. You know, you're mm-hmm. not there for the crowd to perform for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so great artists, you know, are able to put on a good show and feed off their own energy and just deliver. And then after a while, even because not every crowd is energetic. I feel like sometimes in New York shows, New Yorkers are a little bougie and, you know, like they're not <laughs> super, you know, some people are a little bit more energetic and more mm. on the raging side. So, but definitely I feel like in Europe, we've had the best crowds, um, mm-hmm. you know, and their energy there is just so exciting. Like I think it was in Denmark or something like they, they scream your name, they're hype all night. I definitely feel like the shows in Europe and crowd wise could be definitely a little bit better than the ones in the U S they definitely have great energy um, in, in, in Europe. Yeah. It's, it's because most of the countries there have, they, they're, they're, they're into uppers. They like the energy. They like the party. Yeah. Like that whole house music and that you know yeah. club music and it's 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 yeah I grew up I grew up in Europe so I totally totally get all of that all of that jazz and it's yeah and then they're very in tune with old school hip hop too a lot of countries in Europe are very yeah I think they just love real rap you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I mean they were playing when I lived in Cal in Albania they were playing California Love in ninety seven as I was going yeah. to school, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh shit, Tupac in, in Albania out of places. So yeah. it was, it was, it was amazing to see, which is, and then, I, and yeah. then, but yeah, Belly, Belly, yeah, it's like, I can't wait for another album. Like even Immigrant was another, was another album, like Street Cathedral, yeah. Street Cathedral and Dust Off with French Montana. Yeah. Like two of my oh, favorite. Oh, I love friends. Dust Off. Yeah. So even just, um man listen, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, that song mm-hmm. is just that song had a real like so many sync opportunities where you know came from that song because it's just it's just a feel good song, like like the, the the production of it, like everything. Um it's it's great. Like he has great, great music, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I remember uh with um Man Listen, uh mm-hmm. That has a different feeling in London because I heard that in London. <laughs> it's a completely different because there's like you're driving down and you have like it's a city, you know, it's like New York, but it's London. I love London. It definitely reminds me of New York. And it's it's like you know where um that mall is, the famous mall. I forgot the famous mall in London, it, but it's completely beautiful. And it's just like at night, it just makes you just that song. It was at night and it just makes you want to speed. right but you can't speed in london because the roads are so small and so tight so it's like you get that like achiness of like man i just want to speed to the song same thing with dust off even like yeah dust off is definitely one of those songs that i think we were gonna do like speed boats or something and Mm -hmm. it's definitely like that song that just makes you feel like like adventure you know and man listen is like very inspiring you know like all i got is this ambition you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, it's very it's it pumps you up it's just just the whole beginning yeah it's, it's amazing to yeah yeah it's just it's just great do you have any like any advice you've gotten from belly as an artist from him at all or anything or you've given advice from him or Belly has so much, so many gems in his music. I, one of the things that always stick, stick out is just like when he said the smartest thing I ever did was play dumb, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and he's, I love all, like Belly should really have a quote book, a book of quotables because mm-hmm. he is just, um, and just like, I love hard, but I'm hard to love. Mm-hmm. You know, like he has so many, so many great things. Just what Belly, um, I think it's just more like on a personal level, just in just terms of like, I learned so much from him just about like, he he's so smart. Like mm-hmm. he knows so many things about everything. I'm just like, how do you know? Like he just loves like being on the internet or like reading a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Um, what I learned from Belly is to just like really appreciate like environment in terms of things like crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, like nature. You know, like mm-hmm. Belly, just like he he loves like water. He loves like beaches. He loves like being in the sun. Um, 
So I appreciated, you know, really just understanding the energy behind those things. Mm-hmm. It's just, I wouldn't, I'm waiting for the new album. Like I'm waiting for new content from him because it's been a while. You I think will it's- not be disappointed, trust me. Yeah, I'm waiting because artists that are like that, that have lyrical content, but stay away for a while, they come back with some fire. Which is, which is this new album definitely is amazing and mm-hmm. like i can't even give away anything but no no, I, no i'm not even nope. i think people will love it they'll lo- like the, the structure of it um you know whenever we get to listen to it in the office i'm just like so excited i feel like mm-hmm. I, I know it word for word now <laughs> yeah. yeah i think i think that's what i'm gonna do is uh play some belly after this interview because now you got me pumped <laughs> He definitely the creative man. Mm-hmm, Everyone's mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes as an artist, it's great to um, appreciate the process of growth, you know, mm-hmm. and with any artist, because, you know, you really sometimes art like you get caught up in the world when you're just putting out music and you're not really taking the time to to dive into the creatives, dive into the direction. Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm saying? And someone like I remember when Kanye did like a college dropout, you know, and mm-hmm. then he had graduation, you know, it was kind of like this build up, you know, mm-hmm. to, to his career. And he had the the cartoon and the teddy bear, you know, like he really had that, that down pack marketing, even like Abel's album from, you know, yep. the red jacket mm-hmm. to the bandages. And then, then he had more bandages, mm-hmm. <laughs> he had more, yep. more bandages and then he took the bandages off. And then like, it, it tells a story. It gives a, a, you know, you have to have that runway. And so I just think that a lot of artists, I can't wait for whatever Rihanna's coming with because mm-hmm. I feel like she's had a lot of time to really build this up. Yeah. But, you know, you really have to take your time. You have to set it up properly. You have to, you know, have your assets done already. You can't, you know, you have to have everything in the can. So that way, when you're ready to go, you know, you hit the ground running, you know, mm-hmm. so Mm-hmm. shout out to just all like the labels and management teams yeah. that actually take the time to build out marketing plans and marketing mm-hmm. rollouts and not just like okay we're gonna drop the song we're gonna drop this video we'll figure out the rest mm-hmm. later like no you really have to plan and like i said from the beginning it takes a team you yep. know <laughs> yep. it takes a team of you know and legal paperwork clearances yep. mm-hmm. you know it's a lot that you have to go through to making sure the dates line up. No, because this artist is dropping something. And so, you know, you got to push your timeline back a bit because they don't want, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a lot. And mm-hmm. um, I just encourage people to appreciate the process of learning and understanding. This That's funny you said that because that's the reason why I started this podcast is I want to interview people that work behind the scenes. And you mentioned earlier, there was a scene that you used to watch backstage every single night and you used right. to like pinpoint who's who. And that's, that's what I kind of do with like LinkedIn or Instagram. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. who's behind this team? Who's behind right. that team? Who, okay. She must have a, an important role. So, which means, but she also must have an interesting story behind getting into that role because I see certain roles. I'm like, it must've not been easy to get to that role. Let me, let me hear her story. If she's interested in. Yeah. Her story. I mean, even when I started in the position that I'm in, I started working as like Belly's personal assistant mm-hmm. and, you know, um, for me, everything was just about learning, learning the system, learning and just learning Sal from afar, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. how how he expect things. And at the time, the company was a smaller company yeah. um, than it is now, obviously, but I was able to learn um, in a great environment because we were building, you know, mm-hmm. um, at the time, I believe it was Sal Belly and an artist named Asari. And mm-hmm. so now we have over like 50 artists you know collectively with with producers and things like that so Mm -hmm. I was blessed to see it from a a great point of view and just really grow and at the time you know I think sometimes people forget that you you have to really put your your time in Mm -hmm. and with Belly I used to carry a book bag every single place we went and in that book bag it was a camera bag and so if you know about a camera bag it has different slots for different Mm -hmm. lenses Mm -hmm. but instead of different lenses I would have a slot for dental and it would have floss it would have an extra toothbrush it would have an extra toothpaste um Mm -hmm. mouthwash Mm -hmm. and then I would have another slot for like body care and it would have lotion Mm -hmm. like 
travel size and it would have lotion it would have soap beard cleaner like dry shampoo whatever it is and then um I just had this book bag of the because of necessities of any and everything Billy could ever need or want Mm. and so you know my job for like the first year first few months was just making sure that he at any given time had anything he wanted it could be first aid kit it could be extra towels I would have extra t-shirts extra socks extra mm-hmm. underwear comb hair gel hair ties candle in case you just wanted to be in a good mood <laughs> just be like here's a candle like here's some aromatherapy you can relax he just he loves candles and so um you know I would just it just takes wisdom to say, you know, like this person must have an incredible amount of stress on them, just, you know, or just work, mm-hmm. a workload on them. And so it's like, how do I always make sure that I'm an asset and yeah. I just have everything? So, okay, Belly's working hard. He's in the studio all day. Mm-hmm. He must want to shower and refresh himself because he's mm-hmm. clearly not going home. So (laughs) I would have um, just like a duffel bag in the trunk, in the the trunk of his car, always with like slides, um, extra um, like sweat outfits. And so if he's just like, dang, I've really been in the studio. I want to leave out. And I was just like, no, I have a solution in your (laughs) trunk. You didn't even know this. Like Mm -hmm. there's, you know, you can completely shower. Here's the necessity bag. And so at Conway, there's like a great bathroom in the studio. It's like, okay, cool. I can go. I can shower. I'm refreshed. Now I'm comfortable. I'm now I can go back to doing what I do to mm-hmm. support my family, to support myself, to put mm-hmm. out great music, and I'm comfortable. So in my position, even as a personal assistant, I knew that my role was always important for the bigger picture mm-hmm. of the artists and and what they had to do. So, um, and that yeah, I would ha- have Red Bull in there. I would like yeah. any and everything like he would just need, and we called mm-hmm. it the necessities bag. And we took it everywhere with us. If he's in the club and it's hot or let's say he spills a drink on him or food or something, don't stress. I have yeah. another shirt in my bag, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we can, mm-hmm. and it, and I would have extra like, uh, like hand, hand, uh, hand, uh, not hand towels, face towels. So like if he's in the club and I see him and he's like sweating, I would just, take a thing maybe put some water on it or just yeah. give him a towel yeah. like hey mm-hmm. wipe yourself like you're sweating like you're mm-hmm. about to perform you know so that just takes wisdom every everyone's necessity bag will be different you know and so yeah. you just gotta you know figure out like i would have every medicine advil nyquil mm-hmm. dayquil a claritin you know whatever you need it was just in there and yeah. so you know you just have to anybody in in a position I don't care if you're the assistant. I don't care if you're the manager, yeah. the photographer, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just try to be as helpful and as resourceful mm-hmm. in your position without, you know, crossing into other people's lanes. But just definitely just, you know, if you're someone that's around an artist and you're like, dang, this person always has allergies. And, yeah, you know, every yeah. single day I mm-hmm. see that he's looking for, you know, Benadryl. And then they have mm-hmm. to go to the store and go like, let me just carry some extra Benadryl on me to help alleviate this person's, you know, uh, sinuses faster, you know, Mm -hmm. or allergies faster. So I just encourage people to be more aware, you know, just, just kind of understand this person has a lot on their shoulders. They have a lot of responsibility and it's everyone's job around an artist to make that person Mm -hmm. as comfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, You've just you obviously worked with with Salco for Salco for a minute, and then you moved up as director of operations, and then obviously you have worked with artists like The Weekend, Doja Cat, French Montana, and the list goes on and on. How do you find time for yourself, you to manage um, boundaries? So I mainly work with Sal, so mm-hmm. I don't like to take credit for things that I I don't involve myself in. Um, right. So my job is to basically help Sal stay on track, whether that's with his daily schedules, the calls that he needs to get on, mm-hmm. agreements that he needs to look at, uh, places that he needs to go be there on time. So the same way we have project managers that manage like a roster of like five or six clients mm-hmm. for like each project manager, I try to like my project management is focus is Sal. And, you know, 
And Sal also, you know, just has different companies out in ventures yeah. outside of the, the management company. So just making sure like everything is cohesive across the board and, um, you know, making sure the people in our immediate team, our immediate circle, that's like kind of close to him is, you know, on point with what they have to do overseeing them and stuff like that. So, but to answer your question, making time for myself, it's just simple boundaries, which I've discovered during like the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's just with maturity and understanding the world is still going to turn on its access if I just answer this email tomorrow, you know, and everyone has to discover their own boundaries. Don't listen to me and get fired. But for me, it's <laughs> about, you know, having time to start my day. And, mm -hmm. and during the pandemic, I was like, I need daily goals. Mm -hmm. And so I got this calendar from Staples and I didn't, I just, it was like, so it's like 30 day calendar. And I said, I'm going to make 30 goals that I'm going to do every single day. Mm -hmm. And the first quarter of the day was dedicated to God. So I would say, okay, I'm going to wake up at six and I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. And then from 6.15 to 6.45, I'm going to read the Bible for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Then from 6.45 to seven, I'm going to make up my bed and listen to worship music. Mm -hmm. And then seven o'clock comes, I'm going to watch a sermon for about mm -hmm. an hour. And I'm going to try to memorize a Bible verse. And then so eight o'clock comes and now I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out for about an hour. Mm -hmm. And then nine o'clock comes, uh, I'm going to, you know, and that, that ends quarter one of God. And then quarter huh. two, you know, comes throughout the day, yeah. but it's like self-care. So it's like, okay, I'm going to shower. I'm going to, you know, take my garlic or whatever it is your yeah, teeth yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. it is and then i would like dedicate time to journaling i would dedicate time to reading a chapter of a book at the at the end of the night i would you know just do simple mm -hmm. things like stretch or uh one hour of not using my phone or um, yeah. mm -hmm. not cursing making sure i do the dishes every night whatever it is and mm -hmm. so i tried to just challenge myself for 30 days just to kind of do more like self-care and then so now I don't do those sort of things now because you know it, it just became uh, a lot and yeah. so, but it's, it's just the small things it's mm -hmm. like okay take, take your vitamins you know that's a goal that's something that you want to do and goals are doesn't always have to be these big grandest no. grand things yeah. like it can just be little things like make up your bed every day, mm -hmm. you know, take your vitamins, drink, um, you don't have to drink a gallon of water, at least drink half a gallon of water a day, mm -hmm. you know, just meet yourself where you are. Uh, but nowadays I try to do things like not answer my work. I have two phones. Mm -hmm. So I have a work phone and a personal phone. I try not to look at my work phone until around nine, nine 30 just mm -hmm. depends. Um, when I come home, I try to, um make time just to be home like you right. know i try to finish as much work as i can at mm -hmm. work then when i come home i can be like on my ipad or, or work phone for a bit but i try not to bring work home now and be on my laptop and work mm -hmm. you know i try to get everything done plus i work pretty late we usually work sometimes until we don't leave i don't typically on average day, i don't leave the office till like 8 8 30 mm. so you know i don't want to come home and then still be working you know it's like okay mm -hmm. the day is done yeah. um and then on the weekends i try to just do uh self-care i do like self-care saturdays because self-care sundays is like i want to stay in the bed all day monday yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> saturdays i try to just look at my home as like a wellness center. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a place where you go where, you know, you should feel relaxed. You should feel rejuvenated. You should feel, you know, rested. And so on Saturdays, I try to just do, do things that just are like happy. But towards the end of my day, I try to give myself uh, every week, just like a, a facial, just yeah. like, you know, mm -hmm. just inhale, like steam um do like a clay mask um mm -hmm. and then i'll try to do just like a bubble bath um i'll do um uh, like a massage probably mm -hmm. like every mm -hmm. week and um uh i'll do you know like make sure like if i want to get my hair done if i want you know you just really pamper yourself and yeah. you kind of do that every week and then on sundays i either try to you know like sleep in some more and yeah. 
read a book or I may mm-hmm. say, okay, let me just go to the beach today or let me, you know, whatever. It's really yeah. self-care and, and understanding you can't pour from an empty glass. And mm-hmm. so I just try to have like those boundaries of, of really being kind to yourself and taking care of yourself mm-hmm. um, and, and not over obsessing about like work or success, you know, because mm-hmm. You're going to do that, drive yourself crazy, and you can't even enjoy the things that you've been killing yourself to get, you know? So I just try to like have those, those type of boundaries of like, okay, you, I cannot roll over and answer my phone at six, seven in the morning and just Mm -hmm. start working. You know, you, I, so I try to at least rest, rest until my, uh, my bracelet, my, uh, I have a a whoop bracelet. (laughs) So it just tells you like, you know, if you're rested and in your recovery. So I try to definitely be in bed by like 10 ish. I try to stay in bed until like 8 AM and then I'll, you know, I'll do a 30 minute workout. I'll make some, a smoothie or something and, you know, just really have that time to myself Mm -hmm. before I give it to anyone else. And so Mm -hmm. you just really have to make yourself the priority because, you know, I've always taught myself and I tell everyone, don't kill yourself for people that won't show up to your funeral. And and the people could just be anybody, yeah. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you're, you're killing yourself, but it's going to be okay. Like things will, the earth will continue to rotate on its axis and mm-hmm. take your job seriously, make it a priority, but make you the priority first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, all, with, with all of that, you just said, it requires a lot of discipline. Especially- it requires just like self-love to, to just yeah. say no, you mm-hmm. know, like it's not gonna, it's not it's not going to thing things will be figured out. People have told me no, you know, and things mm-hmm. are just figured out, like be there, be dependable, be reliable. But when you set boundaries within yourself, just have the wisdom to say, okay, you know what, this may be important. Let me get up and, and answer the yeah. phone. Like don't mm-hmm. completely ignore the world, but just say, okay, you know what? From seven o'clock, six o'clock on Saturday, it is me time. Make an appointment mm-hmm. with yourself, pamper yourself. Um, and just be be consistent with with doing that and just a little love to yourself goes a long way you know mm-hmm. with giving it to others and so you know if you're depressed if you're unhappy if you're stressed you know you're continuing to carry that with you and and then you're bringing that stress to an energy to other people in mm-hmm. forms of attitude or aggression or whatever it may be um and then now no one's happy and now everyone's moody mm-hmm. you know but if yeah. you rejuvenate yourself now even if that person's not having a great day you can take your positive rested energy Mm -hmm. and bless others kind of with it so Mm -hmm. you know i i just definitely think people should take time for self-care and Mm -hmm. you know whether it's saying you know what i'm not gonna i want to give myself an hour or even if it's in between the day that's you know you want to go on lunch break hey i need a 30 minute break you know and Mm -hmm. you just have to do it and and feel rejuvenated watch cartoons for 30 minutes whatever makes you happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean yeah again you need to again reflect and especially that's how you find out who you really are too it's like yeah just like take time for yourself yeah it's a great thing yeah because i realized like i i was like what are my hobbies you know Mm -hmm, i'm like mm -hmm. like what am i interested in do i like to paint do i like you know yoga do i like to run on the beach like what am i what are my interests you know and Mm -hmm. and so you have to stop and just really discover yourself every year or every you know every five to ten years you're always going to be a new person and Mm -hmm. so if you don't take the time to really discover that you know you'll just be you do you won't know who you are Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it comes down to that exactly yeah yeah um, towards the end of the podcast, I have these 10 rapid questionnaires that I got from James Lipton, who hosted okay. the Actor Studios. Um, the first question is, what is your favorite word? Um, it really depends, but uh, let me think. I don't really want to answer this. Um, I think my favorite word is thank you. Mm-hmm. What is People your don't le- say it enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sorry. that's true. That's true. No, that is true. Make a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is true. What is your least favorite word? No. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess I would say my least favorite word is no, if it's being said to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. What turns you on in life? 
just just happiness i would say mm-hmm. you know in terms of like then like okay what turns you on just like just happiness and pouring happiness into yourself just makes you more vibrant and you know and happiness can come in like many different ways mm-hmm. yeah. what turns you off in life negative people mm-hmm. negative negative people that just that like be miserable by yourself don't be miserable near me <laughs> yeah fact yeah what sound or noise do you love? Oh, sound singing bowls. Nice. So like, it's so massaging to, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I go to sleep listening to it, but it's just great, like vibrational, like therapy, just for like your soul. Like I love singing bowls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, just like screeching. Mm-hmm, yeah or someone talking with the like whose voice i hate <laughs> just <stop talking. laughs> yeah uh what was it what what is your favorite curse word i'm trying not to curse okay i'm trying mm-hmm. not to curse um because i just i just feel like it's unnecessary mm-hmm. okay <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave that i'll skip that yeah what profession other than your own would you like to attempt um, I do have personal interest in real estate and interior design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Veterinarian. <laughs> nice. Okay. okay. Yeah. I don't think, uh, me and nonverbal creatures would get along too well. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That's my dog. Nah, uh, that would be <laughs> Just honestly, just just job well done. You know, we all here for a purpose and it's such a journey to really understand that, you know, every good thing isn't a God thing. Mm-hmm. And just because you're capable doesn't mean you're called to it. So really just having that wisdom and discernment to understand that purpose and mm-hmm. to, you know, just kind of live in it in a space of uh, like just faith you know and so to find it to live in it and to execute it is just like you know completion and so mm-hmm. I just would really want to be like okay you passed the test you discovered it you lived in it you were obedient in it and you know you you did what I needed you to do mm-hmm. yeah any shout outs you'd like to give any and where can they follow you on the social shout out to you okay you. shout Thank out you. to you because you know it, it definitely takes a lot of work and effort to continue to like push something. And so, um, and you know, to, to have, to try to really continue to build that platform just for the greater good of people being educated and informed, you know? And so I just want to shout out to you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And, uh, all right, guys, this was another episode of intuitive minds podcast. Deuces. Thank you.